Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm Savannah Foster, and this is Savannah Gets the Scoop where I interview your favorite people in sports and get them to answer some of our burning questions like, what's your favorite sushi roll? And what are you currently binging on Netflix? Let's get to it. Hi, everybody. I'd love to welcome Sean Weatherspoon into the building tonight. How's it going, Sean? It's going great, Savannah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for being here. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. First of all, it's been forever since we caught up and I'm so bummed we didn't have the Athletes First Classic this year for you to be able to come out and hang out and bring the fam. Hopefully we'll get back to that next year post-COVID. For sure, for sure. It's always a great time when we get to come out to California and, you know, the family's always excited to go out and the family's growing. So it's always fun when you can, you know, do a vacation and you can kind of kill two birds with one stone because you get a chance to catch up with so many people that you care about. Yeah. What's it like traveling with the three now? <laughs> it's great. It's, 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 it's never the same. That's what I'll say. Um, you know, uh, my oldest, Ava, she's six. And then baby Sean, he'll be five on the 25th of this month of June. And then um, my daughter, Corey, she's 19 months. So, you know, we have a six-year-old and a five-year-old, you know, they kind of take care of themselves. And then you you throw in a, a 19-month-old and it makes for some pretty fun flights, I can tell you that. But she's cute. So she gets away with everything. <laughs> yeah. I only ask because we just took Romy for her first flight last week and she's 15 months and her with the two and a half-year-olds, it did not end well. So, uh, <laughs> so hopefully next time's a little bit better. Yeah. You got two, two at, you know, two under two. That's, that's yeah. a tough ride. I've been there. Yep. It's rough, but we'll get through it. You know, and like you said, once uh, there's silver lining, once they get like five and six, I think it'll be a little bit easier for everybody. Indeed. Indeed. And um, how's your husband doing? Oh, doing great. You know, same old over here, just staying busy. Uh, we're actually going to the Clippers game tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Check it out. It's our first time really getting out in a while. So it'd be exciting to see everybody. For sure. For sure. I'm sure that'd be a great time. Um, I, you know, I had a chance to go to the Braves game last first like, you know, event where it was like a lot of people because like we played Boston. So everybody was out and about. The tickets were sky high and it was just a fun time. And, you know, it was good until later and when Boston hit a grand slam and kind of put that thing to sleep. But it was be out. Yeah. Well, do you feel like I do? I feel like everything went zero to 100 so fast. You know, I guess we didn't do anything at all for, you know, a year and a couple months. And then now all of a sudden it's everything's back in full capacity. Has it hit you yet that everything's kind of back? has hit me and it's weird because you know different states had different relations and you know the expectations in some states are quite different from others being in georgia georgia's been um open for a long time i know california's a little bit different yeah everybody we you know traveling we actually I'm just sorry. opened yesterday <laughs> for the, for everything just like <laughs> right. officially opened back up here it's crazy right so it's serious business for california because that was one of the places where i was like you know, oh, I might not go to Cali because I know it's, it's it's not as chill as other places, and rightfully so. You know, it's been it's been a serious um, you know pandemic, and with, over the last year and, and some change, it's been it's been different. It's been different, but um, it's good to see people moving around and getting back to you know doing what they love and seeing their loved ones and stuff. Just as long as you do it as safe as you can, and I'm I'm all about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, you grew up in Texas, born and raised, played ball mm-hmm. at Missouri, and were drafted by the Falcons, played for the Cardinals a little bit, and now mm-hmm. you're back in Atlanta. Uh, what's it been like kind of moving around to different spots and getting acclimated to different cities? Well, I took, you know, I took a few journeys. You know, um, I, I came to Atlanta in 2010, leaving Missouri, and, um, you know, it was, it was different. You know, I came in as the first round draft pick where, you know, everything's kind of laid out for the expectations of, you know, what you should be doing and everything's kind of like slotted for you to, you know, just get your situation the best you can get it so you can become a professional. And I spent my first five years here and um, it was a great time. You know, the first three years, we we were one of the winningest teams in the league my first three years here in Atlanta. I think we won 36 games in three years and made the playoffs every year. So that's something a lot of people don't get to experience when they first come into the, the, the NFL is to be a part of a winning culture. And so we started that and then um, 2013 was like the first year we saw a lot of adversity. We um, had some changes with our roster. You know, um, it was a little bit different playing with different guys. That's kind of what was different from college. You know, you kind of knew who was going to be there, who's going to be on the team and your boys, your roommates. And that thing, you know, those things really didn't change much in college. You know, it's just as, you know, as long as you were there. But once you got to the pros, you realize that, you know, this is business and, you know, people coming in each and every day. Um, there's a lot of turnover, a lot of carryover from, you know, who's doing what and who you're playing with. And so that was quite different. But, um, you know, coming to Atlanta for my first five years was something that I kind of lobbied for. Like, I remember I remember during the process, Mr. Blank was the only owner in the meetings. And I just really wanted to make an impression that let him know that I wanted to be a part of the Falcons and, um, you know, make the Falcons a winner. And, you know, the first five years was great. Got a chance to go to Arizona. Um, I tore my Achilles the fifth year so I didn't get a chance to ball out that fifth year before I went you know hit the free agency but I hit free agency and um I had a great opportunity to go to the Cardinals for 2015 and we made the championship game and um we lost to the Panthers in Charlotte that was um January 2016 and that was a great time we had a great team with the Cardinals one of the greatest offenses I've ever seen and our defense was really fire I can't even count you know how many players were on the defense on myself um I think about Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, um, Dayon Buchanan, Kevin Minter, Calais Campbell, Lamar Woodley, <laughs> just, you know, mm-hmm. um, Rashad Johnson, just a lot of great, great players. And we we did a great job that year. You know, we just felt a little short. And I'd already played in the championship game in Atlanta my third year when I made captain. So, you know, everything was kind of expedited in Atlanta. And then here we are in the championship game again in 2015 with another team. And then I had an opportunity to come back to Atlanta. We made the championship, not only the championship game in 2016, but we made the Super Bowl as well. So, I mean, it was a totally different experience because I got a chance to go to Arizona and be the free agent who's there on a prove-it deal, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. – Okay, we don't know a lot about him. You know, we know that he's a player and we look forward to him, you know, being a part of what we have going on. And, you know, training camp was a little bit tough for me. I pulled a hamstring and um, had to, you know, I had to sit down a little bit and just kind of get, get, get back, get my bearings about myself and ended up contributing that year. And more so in a, in a role where, you know, I was a blitzer and I got a chance to cover running backs and tight ends. So I relish in that. So it was a great year. Um, I had fun. And I, once I got back to Atlanta, it was a totally different regime. And this was Dan, Dan Quinn was the head coach. And so he was the head coach right as I was leaving out to go to Arizona, too, because I didn't know, you know really what to expect in Atlanta. I knew that I had you know built a lot of, you know, I, I, I put some bricks down here in Atlanta. And I felt like I felt like the process of me signing a one year deal shouldn't have been as tough as it was with them. And that's why I ended up choosing to go to Arizona and Steve Kahn did a good job of luring me out and my best friend, Corey Peters. Um, he, he's a nose tackle that came from Atlanta with me. We were drafted to Atlanta in 2010. He went out to Arizona with me as well. And he ended up staying about 
you know, five or six years. And um, Corey, I just actually came back from Arizona. You know, we spent a lot of time in the Valley just yeah. hanging out with, with Corey and his wife because they're godparents of baby Sean. So we spent a great, a great amount of time out there. And then once I got back here, it was just kind of different. You know, Dan Quinn, you know, I had a lot of respect for him. But at the same time, it just wasn't, you know, the type of environment that that I was expecting. Um, played two more years here. Both years we went to the playoffs. Like I said, 16, we made the Super Bowl. 17, we just missed it. And then the team that beat us was the Philadelphia Eagles, and they ended up winning it all. So um, it was two two years that was great to get acclimated back to the city. And when I decided to come back, I decided to live in the city this time. So I'm not out in Buford, Georgia, which is like <laughs> being in South Carolina almost. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, the city's been great to me. It's been great to me. It's been great to my wife. I'm raising my kids here over in Brookhaven and, you know, they're in good schools. They're all just growing and, you know, it's, um, it's life, life moves fast. You know, it seems like 11, 12 years, you know, we just went by really quick, but um, I'm excited to be here raising my family and doing what I love to do, you know, and that's just be me. I'm working on some music now. I got some, um, some music endeavors going on and my wife is building a nanny agency. So, you know, I'm helping her on that end and just parenting, the kids and just, you know, being around for the guys in Atlanta that are doing positive things. That's what I'm all about. So tonight went to Grady's event. Grady gives back and we had a great time. And, um, you know, here I am today talking to you and it's, it's been exciting. And I want to ask you about your journey a little bit because <laughs> when I first got to A1, I mean, I, mean I, I didn't consider you to be an agent. I know. You know. I knew that you made the whole agency work, you and Natalie. <laughs> I mean, you guys run the whole thing and just like, I saw you put put on the classic for years and years. I'm pretty sure you're glad you had a break last year, but I want to know a little bit about the journey that you've had a little bit. <laughs> you flipped it on me. Well, I appreciate you asking. And, you know, for me, it's just been like I'm similar to you and I just love the people, you know, and that makes it all worth it for me. So being able mm-hmm. to be a, just a minor part of so many people's lives and helping the growth and development of the players has been incredible for me. But as I've continued to mature in my career, you know, I'm 13 years in now. Mm -hmm. I uh, I began to see through the process that I wanted to contribute more on a bigger level, you know, and, and for me personally show what I'm capable of doing. So, you know, I sat for my agent exam in 2016. And since that time, I've just been working on my craft, you know, working on my skills and continuing to do what I do and trying to always do it at a higher level, you know, because I have the knowledge uh, and I have all the credentials. Absolutely. So for me, it was more just kind of putting my stamp on it uh, and finding my space, you know, because there aren't a lot of women agents, of course, and I'm the only one at Athletes First currently. So just trying to pave the way and, you know, be a good role model where I can and and make all the positive contributions, just like you were talking about with, with uh, in Atlanta and otherwise you know sweet sweet that's dope you know i didn't see it coming and then all of a sudden you know, i was like, what? like <laughs> well yeah whatever uh whatever I got, oh thank you when i got to know you what was that 11 12 years ago almost now i guess we were <laughs> yes. uh, i was a receptionist so mm-hmm. uh, it's been a journey but you know i'm thankful for the opportunity absolutely and for so many people believing in me you know i mean it's the players mm-hmm. who've really helped me get the confidence you know and, and get the footing to be where i'm at today so i very much appreciate you guys uh, for being yourselves you know being you for sure, for sure. I feel like it's not by mistake. I mean, you've always done a great job. Uh, you know, I know I can count on you for whatever, you know, whenever. Um, yeah. Like all the time. You probably got my credit card information stored, just <laughs> you know, just in case I hit you up to take care of whatever it is. You know, if the wife needs some flowers, if we're yeah. booking a flight and we need, you know, rooms in Vegas or something, you know, just whatever. You guys have always 
done a great job. And I feel like you you spearheaded you spearheaded the movement at A1. And um they're they're um truly, truly blessed to have you. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, you know, everybody who knows Spoon, you, you're you infectious. You have the most infectious personality. <laughs> everybody who knows Spoon loves Spoon. And one of my very favorite things about you and Christine, too, as a couple, is how charitable you are and how much you guys are always serving and giving back to your communities. Can you talk about some of the work that you've done um, and your foundation, like what you guys are working on? For sure, for sure. Um, you know, with me, um, it, I kind of just think of life as being, you know, a, a a journey that we're on, but a journey that we're on for others too, you know, not just, you know, for ourselves. And I know that in a way I've had a lot of help and I know that, you know, help has been, you know, monumental in me being in the position that I am today. So um, I never took it lightly when, um you know, the team required us to go out into the community to spend time, you know, as a rookie, you're part of the rookie club here in Atlanta and you go out every Tuesday, you know, no matter what, you know, what you have going on, you're going to go out and you're going to do something in the community. And um, you can either have, have a positive attitude about it or you can have a negative attitude about it. And with guys, we, we lived out in Buford. You know, most of the you know events would be down the city. So that was always one thing. The Atlanta traffic is something that a lot of people don't like to deal with. But, um, you know, I, I remember getting up and, and going to these events and, and just being touched by the people that, that were there. And just, um, you know, they, if you had a jersey on, you know, you could just make them smile so easily. And I knew that these kids, you know, they listened to the ball players a little bit you know, more than they would to their parents. And, um, you know, they showed you that, that, um, you know, if, if you go out and, and you, if you give love and you'll receive love. And I just remember the smiles that I saw. And so that inspired me to start a foundation of my own, which is called the Spoonful of Hope Foundation. And we started it, I think back in 2011, it's been, it's been a journey. And, um, you know, um, it's, it's been something that my wife and I have worked on when she was just my, my lady at the time, my girlfriend, like, she was, <laughs> all about it, like just, you know, making sure we put everything together and she was always hands-on and just making sure that myself and all the, you know, the friends that, you know, they call us celebrities, I don't really want to get into that, but all the guys, they um they they always came out to support. And I think that's because of the environment that we fostered. And, um you know, we've done a, a ton of things here in Atlanta. One of our big events is, um it's a back to school event because my mom's a teacher. So she gave back to my community. I remember my friends coming over and wanting to hang out with me and I'm ready to get out of the house. Like, man, let's go. And they're sitting in the living room or in the kitchen talking to my mom and she's kind of just pouring into them, you know, just, just taking the time to listen. And I know that that makes a difference. Cause when I think about it, all the friends that I came to my house, they're doing a great job in their lives today. They all went to college. They all have, you know, um, great families. They've all, they're all, you know, great young men that are working to be better. And I think that starts at, at home. So my parents instill that in me. And, um, you know, Mr. Blank, he he did a great job of showing us how it's done here in Atlanta. And that inspired us to to get out. And right now we're working with this, this um, it's the school, it's called the Ansley School. And they're downtown here in Atlanta. I mean, just got the, the first building. So that's amazing. But what they offer is they offer basically education for homeless kids. And so that's our big initiative. And what we're doing this year, we're going to build their playground. So it's going to be Spoonville. It's going to be their playground and the kids will have a good opportunity to go out and get some exercising, you know, because that's a big thing these days. You know, kids don't don't get out to play a lot, you know, so we wanted to make sure that they had a place where they can go out and run and climb, and jump and have a good time, you know, while they're taking a break from the 
studies and, um, you know, we've done reading programs with the Ansley School and um, I've got players to to be a part of the initiative. Um, Austin Hooper is a good friend of mine. Dion Jones is a good friend of mine. Grady's come out to, to our events and they've supported us. And, you know, Atlanta's been really supportive of the Weatherspoons and they changed our lives. And so that's why you know, we make Atlanta home. And, and um, we're excited to see what we can do, you know, this upcoming year, because, you know, last year was a little bit slower, you know, with COVID, you kind of had to, you know, stay out of the way. But um, we made some monetary donations that, that, that we tried, but we love to go out there and, and spend time with, with the youth and show them that, you know, um, somebody believes in them. And if they have hope, then they have a fight. And that's where well, they have the will to fight. I'm sorry. And that's what the Spoonful of Hope Foundation is all about. Just inspiring the kids and, you know, also single parents um, in these urban neighborhoods, you know, inspiring them to let them know that keep going, keep going, and that we're there, we're there with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it truly is an inspiration, you know, all that you guys are doing. So keep it up. And hopefully, you know, those young guys will learn and figure it out early in their careers, you know, how important for it sure. is to make an impact in their communities. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I saw Grady tonight, like I'm looking at my little bros, like just just growing up, you know, and they're they're um they're taking the, you know, taking the initiative and going out and, and you know, putting their own legacy out there. And it's about other people. It's not even about them. And that's what makes it all all more all the more better. Absolutely. So you touched on it a little bit earlier too. You, you were working on your record label. Uh, you have your own independent record label. Can't be contained. Is that right? Can't, can't be contained. CBC. So I'll tell you how it started. In college, you know, they, you know, you play football, you don't get to go home. And I went to school at the University of Missouri, which is about a thousand miles away from Jasper, Texas, where I grew up. <laughs> so um, you you got to stay at Thanksgiving, Christmas. You can't go nowhere. All the students going home. And so we started, you know, just hanging out and recording a little. bit. One of my buddies, his brother was an engineer. He builds apps and stuff like that. So he came to came to school with this really cool computer. And when we had like this this um piece of crap mic that looked like a McDonald's mic, but um we started just having fun and just kind of you know making songs. It was kind of just joking around and stuff. But if you know me, you know that music is a big part of my life because since I've been young, since I was a kid, I was always involved in my church, and um we always had a youth. Um, music ministry that I was a part of and that just kind of continued to grow until I got too cool and then football was kind of like oh, I'm, I'm not gonna be in choir no more but I was always in my church choir but not in school anymore and so um, that kind of you know just you know being in college and just kind of being free and able to create it just kind of you know stuck with me and when I came to the league first thing I had to do when I found my house I had to make sure I had a setup where I could be creative and um, you know it's been something that I've loved for a really long time and you know I, I look at it like you know, I wanted to put everything toward ball while I was playing ball, but at the same time, just working on the craft kind of like in the background. And so I definitely put in the the work to to be to be great at it. Um, I think, you know, my whole stand on just coming into a different industry. I, I know it's entertainment and it's, it kind of aligns with what we do, but um, I wanted to really respect it and not just be like, oh, I'm going to put music out. I see a lot of ball players just, you know, dropping music and, and nothing's wrong with that at all. But I just want to make sure that mine is well thought out because I know how I'm perceived to be, you know, and I know the person that I am and what I stand for. So I want to make sure that correlates in my music. And so I was, you know, kind of just trying to figure out the way to roll out the music. And then I found this artist um, by the name of Sydney Breedlove. And Sydney is from Columbus, Georgia, which is not very far from Atlanta, but he also has roots back in Louisiana, which is not very far from my hometown in Jasper. So he and I've connected 
And um, I had a studio here up at Doppler Studios, which is around the Midtown area in Atlanta for a couple of years. And, you know, we, we had a chance to get to know each other and work on a lot of music together and just grow a friendship. And um, I decided to go ahead and, you know, sign him up independently. And um, we're going to be putting out his project either the 2nd of July or the 9th of July. So we're starting to roll it out. So you'll start to see some things. And it's, he's out on all platforms. His name is Sidney Bree Love. Um, he's he's a dope artist to me because he's a lyricist first and foremost. And he runs 3,000 a bit, but he's he's also himself, too. So, you know, it's not like he's a, uh, like a carbon copy or anything of anyone. You know, his stuff is more personal to him. And I think he's doing a great job with his sound. And, you know, we're um, working on some big things. So we're trying to get it going to the point where we can walk into a major and, and, and let them know kind of what kind of partnership we would like if that's what we want to do. But right now we're going to be independent and um, we're going to be putting them out first. And then I'm thinking of a, like an end of the year release date for an EP of my own. So I'm thinking about around my birthday, December 29th, that I'll be putting something out. So we got some work to do, you know, and then Christine, she's, she's working on her company as well. And, um, you know, the kids are just growing and, they're into everything, gymnastics, swimming, baseball, soccer. Uh, it, it just never stops. You know, we're, we're, um, we're like a chauffeur service. You know, we, we, love, <laughs> we, we, we love our job. I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you have all these things going on. And I heard a rumor that in your spare time, you're also an efficient at weddings. Oh, uh, that- <laughs> can you tell me, how did that go? <laughs> so, okay, here we are again, talk, talking about, you know, some of the young guys that are creating a legacy. Devondre Campbell and his wife, his newly wife, um, Nicole, <laughs> they we went down for the bachelor party in Miami, like right before everything shut down in 2020. And on that trip, they presented me with a shirt and it asked me, it asked would I um marry them? And I'm like, what? Like, here I am, been married just about two years. And you know, my, I'm still wet behind the ears myself. And I, I took it like at first, I was like, man, that's a tough. You know, that's a tough kind of act because, you know, I don't feel like I'm worthy to be, you know, up there and administering to, to people. And, you know, I thought about it and I said, man, that must mean that there's something that I've done while I've spent time with Devondre and his wife that, you know, said something to them to make them move to ask me to do that. And I, I took it as like a, a, you know, it's like a big time honor. And I thought about it. I prayed about it. And I, I decided to do it and I had to become, <laughs> I had to get ordained in Minnesota. And you I mean, that was a process. You have to, you know, get paperwork notarized and, you know, this, that, and the third, but the wedding actually, you know, we took a year off the wedding that happened in 2020, but a few weeks ago, we had a great time in Minnesota and um, I had a chance to, to go up and, and kind of, you know, bring that fire and brimstone that my pastor brought when I was a youth, <laughs> you know, so um <laughs> I, I got a chance to get up there and um, it, it went well. Everybody committed to me on it, but I was super nervous. Um, the one thing I, that happened, I didn't tell everybody to sit down. So everybody had to stand up the entire way. Just like, <laughs> but it's okay. Cause if you know me, that's the type of energy I have. Like, yeah, I, it, even, you know, regardless if we're all standing or all sitting, you know, we're going to do it. The, the, we're going to do it to the max. And um, it was a great time in Minnesota. And I never knew Minnesota could get so hot. But, yeah. Um, and so I saw the, the pictures were incredible. We'll have to see yeah. if there's some recording floating around somewhere so we can see you in action. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Even if I have to see it on their video, on their wedding video, I might have yeah. to sneak my phone out and, and grab a few shots up because I, I truly want to see it as well. But you know, as some people's, some people weddings, they have these preferences where, you know, please put your phone down. You know, that's why we pay this, this, um, you know, this photography team to come in and you know do what they do so we don't have to be 
at the wedding and do the same thing. But um, it was a great time. It was something that I'll never forget. And, um, you know, I, I don't charge. <laughs> I'm just let's put that out there. But, um, you know, I will, I, will need to, right, I will need to sit down with the bride and the groom just, you know, just to get an assessment for, you know, what where they are and just a little bit of kind of like just my charge to them on like what marriage is like and, you know, how much it takes or what it takes to, you know, have a successful marriage and how, you know, how you have to really fight and make that choice to be with one another each and every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you have so many things going on and it sounds like everything is going incredibly well for you guys. So it couldn't be happier. It couldn't happen to a better person. So keep doing Good, what you're you. doing. Uh, and I really appreciate your time. I won't take you too much longer, but mm-hmm. I just want to go through a couple rapid fire questions. So first things that come to your mind, don't put too much pressure on it. Are you ready? For sure. Let's get it. All right. Best rapper of all times. J. Cole. Your favorite current artist. J. Cole. <laughs> Favorite TV show? Ooh, Breaking Bad. Ooh, I love that. Uh, yeah. Favorite vacation destination? Ooh, Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite restaurant? Ooh, that's tough right there. I got to say Billy's Barbecue in Jasper, Texas, because when I take people down there to get that barbecue, they say they never had barbecue like that before. And when I go home, I always got to get it. So I'm going to keep it at the crib. Okay, I love that. All right. And then last thing, one piece of advice for the next generation. Mm. I would say um, one the one piece of advice, it was just, you know, and a guy who I talked to, one of my teammates, his name is William Moore. He said this to a lot of young guys. I remember hearing this, and I'm pretty sure a veteran guy passed it along to him. But it's never get too high and never get too low. You know, it's kind of like be where your feet are. Don't, you know, don't get too caught up in like where you are right now or where you used to be. You know, just always strive to to be a better you, but always, you know, stay grounded. Yeah, well, that can apply to everybody. So for thank sure. you. Thank you so much for your time. It's so great catching up with you a little bit. I appreciate it so much. No doubt, no doubt. Keep me posted on the classic. I mean, we might have to push it back and do it at the end of the year. You guys always got great weather, so let me know. Definitely, I will. Thank you so much. All right, have a good one, Sam. All right, you too. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.